0: Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here is our host, Joyce
1: Buford.
2: Good morning. Welcome. We're excited that you're with us today and you're ready to talk about transitions again because we are going to talk about a transition that we don't talk about very often. We're going to talk about different options for death and passing on. Um, And our guest is an authority in this, and he has created a book called Heaven is for Healing, A Soul's Journey After Suicide, a subject we don't talk much about. And so that is why we have it on this show, so that we can understand better the transition. Dr. Gallagher offers us lots of valuable information for us to intake and to use not only when we experience death in our immediate family, but also with our community around us, with friends and so on. Now, I want to share just some facts with you that he shared with me through his literature, um, that in in the United States, over 42,000 people, one person every 30, 13 minutes, committed suicide in 2014. It is the highest rate in over thirty years, and even this number seriously underreports the problem due to the stigma attached to this act. It is the third leading cause of death in ten to fourteen year old children, and we see, and no age group is immune. And we see this number rising. Also, suicide has tripled in recent years in our military. Of course, we have seen that happen. Now, Dr. Gallenberger is a clinical psychologist with 30 years experience. He is in demand internationally as a kinesius. Psychokinesi- I don't know, if, doctor, you may have to correct me on that one. Uh, psych- Psycho- Psychokinesist. Thank you. And manifestation manifestation workshop provider. He is a senior trainer at the Monroe Institute and created and created its highly successful MC Square program. He developed this home study Sync Creation, a course in manifestation, and has taught over 80 Inner Vegas Adventure Workshops. Now we want to hear more about those. His book Inner Vegas: Creating Miracles, Abundance, and Health, and a and Liquid Luck, the Good Fortune Handbook, continue to receive rave reviews. Doctor Joe also has produced seven meditation CDs that help with healing and abundance. But today, other than discussing some of his background, we are going to spend a lot of our time talking about his newest book, Heaven is for Healing, A Soul's Journey After Suicide. Shows in this book, he shows that all death leads to light and that he has produced an Ocean Heart CD. That it's released as a companion with this work. So, welcome, Doctor Joe. It's a delight to have you here this morning. Thank you, Joe. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I've been reading, reading, reading all about you and you're fascinating. You're just <laughs> oh, thank you. I love the manifestation that workshops that you do, um, and you've been doing this for thirty years. So, can you yeah, tell us a little but, bit about your belief and where that that started in them?
1: Well, I worked or- as a um, you know pretty much traditional clinical psychologist with a psychotherapy practice,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: um, earlier than that in my life, I had some oneness experiences at six, seven years old that led me into studying Christian mystics. I was in a monastery for two years at fourteen years old. Uh, studied uh, Eastern religions and, uh, as well as Western, in uh, college, and um, and then as I began working as a psychotherapist, uh, because of some interest in out of body experiences, got involved with uh, Robert Monroe and his Monroe Institute and became mm-hmm. uh, a trainer up there as well as my practice. So I'd go up there. Um, six, ten times a year for a week and also would work in my hometown. And and uh, his, the technology Monroe developed uh, called Hemisync really allows people to get into a deep meditative state within ten minutes, even if they have no experience. Wow. Um, relax in ten minutes and then you know be expanded within the next ten. And so that uh, became useful in psychotherapy, working with vets and folks with stress and all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. uh, Uh particularly in the idea of exploring the world of spirit. And uh, so uh, that began, you know, some work with connection with the other side and communication Mm -hmm. and those kind of things
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that uh, Heaven is for Healing speaks about.
2: Right. Fascinating. At 14, you went to a monastery?
1: Yeah, I couldn't find one taking me younger.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you had to hold off until 14.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then when I was in there adolescence hit and uh, I've never been real good with authority and I decided that really wasn't the place for me this lifetime and I'm glad I went (laughs) and learned a lot about meditation, contemplation and things, but I'm also glad I didn't stay. Mm -hmm. Beautiful soulmate, wife and uh, many uh, three daughters and I'm um, enjoying life outside the monastery. This
2: time, yes. you would have missed. Op- you're surrounded by women. <laughs> what a gift! Yes. <laughs> what a yeah. gift! All right, now, was now I that takes us to I want to ask just one other question why did you get into um, the um, inner Vegas adventure? those workshops
1: well actually it relates back to my brother Pete's uh, suicide 25 years ago Mm -hmm. and uh, it's referenced in heaven is for healing and Pete was um, pretty much my best friend as well as my brother and Mm -hmm. um, raised me growing up a good bit he was eight years older and Mm -hmm. he was very hard-working good-looking intelligent honest everything you think you'd need to be, and yet had a lot of trouble finding work, and later after a car accident had a lot of physical pain. And so it put me on a quest after his death of how come a good man, you know, bad things happen to good people, if you will. Yes. And it looked to me like you needed to also feel deserving of goodness for goodness to come toward you, which Mm -hmm. he did not feel, and also that you would vote for love over fear, uh, most of the time, and it's hard to do that when you're jobless or what have you. Yeah. Uh, but that started me on learning how creating your own reality could work, and how to create a very positive reality for yourself. And all of that, you know, was from uh, Think Positive books and um, The Secret and the Law of Attraction. All that was floating around it was not coming together for me personally until I learned about something called psychokinesis, the ability to affect matter with your mind. And mm-hmm. as a psychologist, you know, that's studyable and, and has been for 30 years with results even at a trillion to one by chance in meta-studies. This is mm-hmm. the ability to grow seeds in your hand in a few minutes, have root growth an inch and a half long, roll dice in patterns, bend metal, Uh, Do energy healing, all of these things where we're using our energy to affect matter. And when to raise the high energy to do that, I found that same high energy could be useful for manifesting the kind of life you would like. And so Las Vegas Inner Vegas Adventures workshop started as Vegas is a great place to get feedback very quickly whether you're doing it right or not. So when we're at a dice table together, a group of 18, If we're grounded very well in the present moment, in touch with spirit, feeling one with everything, hearts open, we get rewarded with money within seconds, usually.
3: Uh And if
1: you go into greed, fear, and ego, you get punished by withdrawal of money within seconds. So Uh Over a few days, people are almost trained like you'd train a dog to sit. They're trained to a more enlightened way of living by reward and punishment. And so they became a great classroom, and we found people waking up the second day of the workshop pain-free from post-polio syndrome for the first time in 20 years, uh, all kinds of healing events and manifestation events coming out of this uh, energy flowing. So that really started me on my study. And a lot of people can't go for you know a long workshop or don't like Vegas, so... I started mm-hmm. to develop these half-hour meditation CDs that would give people uh, some of this experience at home. And Ocean yeah. Heart is the last one I've done, but uh, Liquid Luck book came out uh, actually after the CD came out. When the CD came out, people started selling houses that had been on the market for months in an hour, uh, getting inventions going, solving engineering problems that had been unsolvable for years, uh, Finding soulmates, all kinds of things. So I put those stories Mm -hmm. into the book, Liquid Luck, to kind of inspire people. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been an adventure the last uh, two decades in this whole uh, creating your reality area.
2: Well, it makes sense. I can see the immediate results of whether you're thinking, whether you're in the right place or not, state of mind. Let's say open to love and so forth. I can see that, but I just think that was really, really brilliant of you (laughs) to think out—I call it thinking outside of the box—to think about going to a place like Las Vegas for where you could see immediately how you were responding to the money and the the whatever draws it in. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah. It's energy. It's energy. yeah, yeah. Initially,
1: um, I went to some university laboratories and and was a subject in these psychokinesis experiments,
3: mm-hmm. and I was
1: getting uh, statistically significant results. And I wanted to get a black belt then in PK or psychokinesis, and mm-hmm. looked around. Where can I where can I practice this? Um, and uh, Vegas turned out to be ideal because we know exactly what the statistics are of how dice or slot machines should function. And mm-hmm. so um, I actually started it on my own for a couple of years, and once I saw it was very positive to me, for me individually, that's when I started doing groups. Mm-hmm. So I stepped in, but that first group I had trepidation, what the heck I'm getting into. I was really <laughs> pleased when it went well. Uh, <laughs> and, do, and,
2: they, and do you tell the, the casinos, that? do they know you now? Do they know what you're doing? They know
1: me, yeah, they know me pretty well. A lot of times the crews will say, here comes Mr. Lucky. <laughs> um, and um, a good house will let people, a good casino, likes to see people win. And we bet very small amounts of money. We're no, not trying to right. kill the house. We're trying to right. learn something.
2: Yes.
1: And But we've had uh, casinos that did invite us not to come back. Uh-huh. and um the one we're in now i think for the last 8 years or so they've been very helpful to us they allow us to arrange tables just for ourselves and things like that oh, that's and awesome. uh, they like the yeah they like the positive energy mm-hmm. i always felt oh, joy, yes. you know yeah doing workshops i felt like uh, it's such a privilege to be with the people and them to be together uh-huh. that it would be good for people all around the world to benefit who never met us. So we started uh-huh. a little blessing bucket in the side of the room. Uh-huh. You could put money in anonymously if you wanted or not. Nobody would look. And we raised, I think, about 150000 for charities around the world uh, that oh. way. And so we're known uh-huh. for being generous out there. Uh, uh-huh. One time a lady's uh, child was hurt in an accident uh, on the crew. And we raised about thirty two hundred dollars that let her stay home. She'd lost her leg and mm. sent energy and the and the young daughter did real well. She ended up on Oprah talking about teen driving, had a great psychological adjustment. And mm. so we're known to the crews and things as being a very cheerful and generous and non greedy group. So they like to mm. see us come in.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's really it's positive, so positive. It speaks so well of the casino that you're in that they're, they realize the value that you're offering to people. It, it, it expands just your story about the the gift. I mean, it's just it keeps. It's like a ripple. <laughs> it keeps going out, yeah. going out. Well, I I have to say that I thoroughly enjoyed the the what part of your book that i was able to read um certainly the story of your relationship with your brother and his his um wife was very touching and um that brought you to did i know the sorrow of that experience brought you to suicide because your brother did commit suicide so um tell us how that is that the reason you wrote the book? Because of your experience with the, your brother and you knew that the, the replications that happen in people, in families, in yeah. neighborhoods?
1: And- uh, in, in, in fact, uh, I wrote a different book called Brothers Forever 20, 25 years ago that mm-hmm. was dealing with the initial event and all the grieving and what his life was like on the other side, if you will, right after transition. Um, but recently it was the 20th anniversary of his death, and I mm-hmm. thought, gee, look at all the changes in my life that we've just talked about that were stimulated mm-hmm. by his life, and I wonder what he's been doing over there, mm-hmm. and I wonder how suicides in general are n- do over there. And I was coming from a place when my brother died, for example, my mom was staunch Catholic, and besides the loss of her son, she immediately was hit with her her child may be in, in hell for all eternity. Yeah. And you have a very, you know, dark uh, societal approach to suicide. In Roman times and into Europe, uh, the whole family's property would be taken, the family would be put in prison, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Suicide's still a felony in many states. Yeah, I was on a ghost tour in New Orleans, uh, and they were talking about, I think, 17th century New Orleans.
3: Mm-hmm. At
1: that point... Uh, the body of the person who committed suicide would be tortured under Inquisition for a few hours, then cut into pieces and sent to the alligators in unconsecrated grounds so the demons could torture it for all eternity. Mm. And and I thought this this image has to change because suicide is is our dark secret when nobody even talks about it. As a psychotherapist, uh, even when working with people for two years, they might say, I've never mentioned to anybody I was thinking of killing myself because I thought they would think I was crazy and put me in a mental institution or ostracize me. And we need to bring this on the table. Uh-huh. And My book is not saying suicide is a good thing. Uh, you still have to meet your challenges over on the other side, see the uh, what your life would like be like with different attitudes, different choices, see what um, effects you've had on other people but it's done in great compassion over there so mm-hmm. that you are, there's no judgment by a harsh God. Uh, you can have hellish thoughts and hellish behaviors and attitudes, um, but there's angelic support to, to help get you out of that. Mm-hmm. So, In my brother's situation now, it's been about 20 years, and he's just about ready to reincarnate. Um, mm-hmm. The book tracks his individual progress, and also talks about three main ways suicides are treated there, because suicide covers a range from uh, I have two weeks to live with terminal cancer pain to, unfortunately, in the US, uh, I think a week or two ago, we had an eight-year-old commit suicide after he was bullied, uh, oh. to people that have been in gr- grinding pain for decades, you know which was mm-hmm. my brother's case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of that is handled differently over there depending on your situation and what you might need. Uh, one of the things I didn't know is uh, my brother now, as he looks at incarnation, that there's an option to have lives that don't involve a physical body because many people who have had a rough time here are reluctant to come back. Uh, it mm, can yeah. be a very painful place. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: these are, yeah. these are like vivid, lucid dreams where you've, feel the experience of uh, going through lots of events, uh, but with more connection with spirit and guidance. And at least what I was told was um, when you come in the physical, it takes some courage because your issues are encoded into your very DNA and your family's Mm. DNA. Um, So my brother's probably going to do a few non-physical lives, as he puts it for Olympic training, to be (laughs) ready for a real one here.
2: Mm-hmm. now when you say when you, you i mean you you sort of speak as though you you've got this conversation or this um lying to your brother mm-hmm. how is that i mean is it through meditation or uh how are you communicating i don't know if that's the right word to use yeah, but you're interpreting or yeah
1: i um I like many sources, so they verify each other. Mm -hmm. At Monroe Institute, there is a program called Lifeline, which does what we would call soul rescue work, help people who are transitioning or who have transitioned. And Mm -hmm. uh, when my brother died, the trainers of those programs honed in on him. I had my own meditative experiences. And then there was who I consider best channeler in the world, working with her over... 25, 30 years, her accuracy um, is incredible,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Pam Hogan, and so I had some uh, structured sessions set up for her to be the intermediator talking to him. So I had several mm-hmm. sources of information going, as well as spontaneous ones. Uh, my brother John, uh, when we went to the Pete's funeral, uh, my brother suicided, uh, John was sitting in church and he felt like this wave of... Amazing love and compassion, almost push him outside the back of the church in a godlike hmm. voice, say, He is with me, do not worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, when I would get reports from family members or people that never even met him, um, like I'd be teaching a meditation class in Monroe, and a participant would come and say, You know, Brother Pete, he's, <laughs> he's here with me this week, you know? <laughs> so, we trying to mm-hmm. verify and cross check. But my own communications with them, of course, were very important to me as well
2: yeah yeah um, okay you know i'm i uh I want to go back to i think that we've all i know i'm was raised a Methodist, and somehow at some time in my um Christian journey, yes, I got that message. You commit suicide, you go to hell. And, and yeah. your soul is in unrest for the rest of, <laughs> of its uh, life. And it's, um, I don't know where I, where was that spoken? It's just, but it stayed with me because it was scary mm-hmm. at whatever age yeah. I heard it. You
1: know? Yeah. So. I just think of, you know, folks who are grieving and having to go through the what a could have should have, what could we have done differently.
3: Oh, um, yeah.
1: I'm at the beach this week, you know, relaxing on vacation in um, <laughs> South Carolina, and unfortunately, a 16-year-old was with his uh, team teammates from a sports team from Ohio and drowned this weekend here. Uh-huh. And you know, I just know that the parents then have to be thinking, "Why did we send them on this trip?" You know, uh-huh. so even when, uh-huh. with any unexpected death, there's this agony of of what decisions we had made and what have we done. The suicide it's a hundred times worse, and suicide of a, of a child. You know, death of a child is yeah. one you know, of the worst, uh, or the worst type of loss. So piling that on, then with all this religious judgment. tough. You know, my brother, one of his first messages he sent to me a day or two after he died was uh, a street sign with a a circular street sign with a gavel on it and a line through it with the message, no judgment. And he was Uh, so relieved not to be judged by a harsh God and, uh uh, you know, yet he had to self-assess, you know, his own behavior and saying, gee, knowing what I know now, I could have done life differently, of course, but. Um, if we can soften this then I think we can all give better support to people in the community who are going through suicide and Mm -hmm. one of the things I'm really pleased with Joyce I'm getting letters from the book of people who have been thinking of suicide for decades of doing it Mm -hmm. and the book is helping them understand why to stay and helping them uh, feel better about life even though they've been struggling with depression for a decade, mm-hmm. so I was I was leery of writing the book because I definitely don't want to encourage anybody to suicide, and right. yet I think we have to have this conversation.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, we we just can't push things under the rug or ignore that they exist. Because those questions that you referred to that the parents would, why did I send them? How was I? Why is it that we always think we were the ones that could prevent it? Isn't
1: that kind of human of us? (laughs) Yes, very much. And that's where, you know, parents uh, watching my two year old grandchild at the beach for the first time, and she's a delight here. But
3: -hmm. her parents
1: are watching her like a hawk. Even though the waves are not, you know, very big here, um, that we're programmed to, as parents, to be very, very re- feel very responsible, yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah. and uh, you know, over time, my my wife lost a child to brain cancer at six years old, oh. and uh, that's that's about twenty nine years ago now, I think, mm-hmm. and um, she she's now in a place. Of joy about her daughter, much like I'm in a place of joy about my brother Pete who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. But it took a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, and part of the thing that slows that down is if we do uh, go into the guilt and the blaming and the victim stuff.
2: Right. Well, we are going to take a short break. And sure. I know that you are finding this as fascinated as I am to have this conversation with Dr. Joe, because we were taught somehow some of these um, beliefs and uh, they don't work well with us. They do not function well for us during times of grief. And it's very important to understand so that we can move through grief easier. We can understand death and um Be more at peace with the loss of our loved ones. So when we come back from this break, we are going to continue talking about suicide, some of the parts of suicide and and the recovery of suicide, the decision not to do suicide, and um, just understand this subject better. So please be back shortly.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
4: Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at... Free gift from Joyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose passion and fulfillment of your potential you'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits sessions can be done over the phone skype or in person find out more at www.joycebufordempowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747 Welcome back to this segment
0: of Second Way. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease.
2: Now here's our host,
0: author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
2: We are talking with Dr. Joe Gallenberger, and he is talking about his new book, Heaven is for Healing, A Soul's Journey After Suicide. And enlightening us about suicide, about the transition, about uh, what can really be learned and how we came with these strange beliefs about death after death through suicide. So we're going to continue this and we're going to share some numbers and some websites with you as we progress in this um, segment because I want you to be able to go to uh, well, let's just do that now. His website is uh, for the book is www.heavenisforhealing.com, dot com, and you can go there and read about the book. And then also, um, Doctor Joe, you want to share the National Suicide Hotline that you wanted to be aware that they knew. Yes.
1: Um, of course, person can Google this. Uh, you know, Suicide Help, but mm-hmm. the national number is one eight hundred one 273 8255 That's one eight hundred two seven three, eight two five five. 273 8255 And I, Joyce, I called a couple times myself to test the line, you know, because it's a mm-hmm. government thing. Yes. And I know if you ever tried to talk to the Department of Motor Vehicles, you could be <laughs> on hold for 50 minutes. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'll probably get in trouble for saying that. But anyway, (laughs) on the suicide hotline, somebody's answered the first ring every time and and was intelligent and compassionate and ready to help.
3: So if
1: somebody listening needs some assistance or they're concerned about a relative or a friend, uh, I urge them to either Google or or call that number and uh, they'll get some help.
2: Well, can they... would a step that they would need, let me say this again, let me rethink, um, your book is wonderful, and they can go to the website and order it, would yeah. this be the first step to help someone, or does it, it vary with the person that's suicidal?
1: Right, if there is an immediate crisis today, you know, in someone listening, i uh, mm-hmm. I go ahead and you know if you'd like to get the book wonderful, but maybe call and just get some personal contact going now.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, if it's that not that quite that urgent, then um, the book plus the Ocean Heart CD you mentioned, I developed that to help people heal very deep heartbreak, from loss or or betrayal. Uh, Mm -hmm. that they might be feeling after a relative committed suicide, but also if they're suffering from depression that, uh, you know, they've already had the loss of joy of life. That would be considered a very deep loss. Um, And so that companion CD has its own OceanHeartCD.com site, but you will also see that if you go to the HeavenIsForHealing.com. And so they Mm -hmm. can go together Mm -hmm. well to also begin to learn about this very quick and easy meditation technique um, where we use the best of neuropsychology now to get you relaxed quickly. All you got to do is slap some headphones on for a half hour, uh, relax quickly, and then move deeply into connection with your body, mind, spirit, and begin healing now so dr joe would you also use
2: this that. for other grievings such as um, um loss of a spouse um, divorce yes, any any yeah. serious grieving yeah. and you know senses of violation yeah. or like yeah. that like a divorce yeah, leads even, to people many times
1: even the book i ra- wrote um one of the reviewers commented that he's never had anybody lost to suicide but he's had uh, five friends over his lifetime who died in battle or died of a heart attack mm-hmm. or died, what have you. And he mm-hmm. found it very helpful just to, to get an idea of the process of death for human beings, what that transition's like.
2: Yeah. Uh, so yeah. There, there are broader
1: applications. In fact, on the Ocean Arts CD, I'm getting feedback that people are being able to handle the stress of politics in the Middle East and all of that with a lot more inner peace and oh. inner strength and joy, so
3: right.
1: it's designed to really you know be a deep healing thing um mm-hmm. in, in in a broad way as well as specific to to suicide or or heavy loss like divorce
2: right. well, I would like to have you tell us more about some of the um, essentials that happen to a person when they, who do choose suicide after, what happens to them after death?
1: Okay. So again, before the break, we talked about a variety of, I have two weeks to live with terminal cancer pain. It seems Mm -hmm. in those situations that in, there's no time over there, but trying to put it in an earth context, in a day or so, they can dust themselves off See what was left uh, that uh, would have been there if they um, had not taken their own life and ready to move on very quickly into the more normal things that happen after death, which might be the year death review, meeting with loved ones, those kind of Mm things. Then if you move into uh, folks like my brother, um, there may be um, uh, being met and settle down in energy quite consciously, um, being held almost like in a movie theater with great angelic constellation around you as you review your life and see what's going on, and in that situation, uh, then engaging in quite a strong rest period, eventually mm-hmm. moving into more what we could call a classroom. My brother wanted to uh, come back quickly, knowing what he knew then, then, and they said, we want you to hang out hear and observe your family and loved ones and Joe, me, uh, how they handle life. Uh, and he was wi- willing to do that. And so there yeah. was kind of academic discussions of the power of feminine energy, the uh, need to be feeling self-loving and loving of others, almost being taught in a classroom as well as seeing things observationally and, and things like that if people go over in suicide with more bitterness and despair, often they describe them being put into almost a coma-like state for what could be months to many, many years, 100 years even, where the angels, if you want to use that term, are working with them unconsciously, removing some of this negativity from their soul imprint or their Uh spirit to the place where then they could wake up with being able to hold a thimble full of love and mm-hmm. begin to work work that way. Um, so there'd be, there'd be this variety all the way to murder, suicide, you know, uh, mm-hmm. being maybe the roughest situation. But um, over there, they're pretty relaxed since there is no time about how much, quote, time it's going to take. Um but at the end of the process, you, you need to be able to hold at least a thimble full of love. Um, uh-huh. They did were very clear that every experience is treasured. The first ex- um, session I had 20 years later with this Chandler, Pam, uh-huh. I could not even sit down in the room. I was weeping in joy. There was so much radiation of compassion coming from the other side for the people, loved ones who remain here, but also the people who commit suicide typically have gotten into a place of such ego distortion and intellectual distortion, yeah. psychological distortion that they're, they're out of touch with reality. You know, they feel like the yeah. world will be better off without them. Mm-hmm. And um, my brother felt that. And yet, even bank tellers and grocery store clerks took time to find us as the family across the country to write notes, how much he meant to them. Mm. Uh, my my wife's uh, boss committed suicide, leaving three young children. You think, how could someone do that? Oh, uh, okay. How selfish, often we think. And yet that person is sitting there feeling they're so vile and, and such <laughs> that the world would be utter off. So that distortion is carried to the other side, and the angels, if you want to use that term, need to work pretty hard to clear all that out of a person's energy and Mm -hmm. to get them to a place where they can look at their life with some objectivity but also with compassion to themselves. And so many of the efforts over there are designed to meet the person where they are. If they're very intellectual, they might be met in a more classroom way. If Mm -hmm. they are uh, so emotionally wound up, they may the coma kind of idea to let the person really deeply rest so a good variety there but all leading to light like
2: you mentioned um okay my next question is do we transition into do we stay in physical form or do we go into energy do you know do you feel do um, you have a understanding
1: there's, there's some sense of um even for my out-of-body work, you can go out-of-body and feel like you've got a physical body. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's glowing a little more. Maybe your hands are semi-transparent.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You're taking quite a bit of your physical concept of yourself with you, okay? But you could also mm-hmm. go as an orb or teardrop of light or just a point of consciousness. The point has no dimension. So at least in the early stages often there is not as much change as you would think, necessarily. A mm-hmm. person, if they're not aware of passing, might even not be aware of uh, dying, because they mm-hmm. say, well, i still got a body, I still have emotions, I have intellect. Um, various people at varied levels of soul development or whatever might move more quickly into knowing that these are clothes we wear we can put on for convenience, Mm-hmm. so that I could recognize my grandmother and she can recognize me or what have you. Um, but it's, uh, you're not as ident- identified with the body as you are here, but you could mm-hmm. be using, quote, a spiritual body and be in a fairly earth-like setting if that would be helpful to you
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, for different parts of your learning there. Or you could really, you know, move into merging with more of a cosmic consciousness or merging with your whole self,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which might be all your incarnational lives, uh, and have less sense of individual identity than we do now. So I think there's a good bit of variety, and and it's, and it's there's change over there. It's not static.
2: <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah.
1: you know, for the first time. At a bit of time, well, you may feel very much like you were in, in, in an Earth body and later mm-hmm. feel comfortable moving around uh, in a different way.
2: Well, thanks. That helps because I have always, in transition, seen myself or whoever I was thinking, envisioning, that they were in just like they were on Earth. And so yeah. I was going, gee, often how would that more, be? Often
1: younger, you know, if you... Say if you got a hold of somebody who died 10 years ago,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, you might see them as younger than when they died, healthier, happier. Mm-hmm. They may present themselves that way um, um, versus usually, you know, the person does not want to carry the image of being an A shriveled old prune from you know, in lots of (laughs) physical pain or something, they they will they'll move into a time where they remember themselves in much greater vitality. Right, I think that you know, and they're encouraged to do that because it elevates their spiritual energy to do that.
2: Yes, I would like to. For those that might be going through a suicide situation now, what did you? In your loss, consider the biggest challenge in overcoming the grief after the suicide.
1: Um, First, shock is there with any sudden death. And Mm -hmm. shock is both a problem and a protection. Um, By the first Christmas or second Christmas, you're really beginning to miss them, even if they had been just over to Europe for, you know, um, at school, you'd begin to miss them after that time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Initially, the the rending and the lost feelings, a lot of that is anticipating that you'll never see them again.
3: Because, yeah. Because,
1: you know, if somebody just went away for two weeks, you wouldn't have that. Um, and one of the great pains is we try to protect ourselves from further pain so that we shut down our hearts, and that makes us feel very isolated and alone. So to the extent a person can open their heart, that's where this ocean heart CD idea comes from. Rather than having a broken heart, you have a heart as a vast ocean of love. And if you came into my life and I want you there, you'd be fully enveloped, like putting your hand in water. If you Mm -hmm. leave, the water goes back to complete, perhaps losing a drop. So the recommendation would be as much as you can, be as open-hearted as you can and let the grief flow. For me, beauty uh, was a place that I could go to—the beauty of music or nature. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't stand being around a lot of people. Couldn't stand the superficiality of commercial television. Um, many mundane conversations. I had to to circle into people who will, were also being very respectful of grieving process what I would recommend is not holding off and being so isolated. Um, but knowing this is going to take a lot of time, it might feel like it's moving like a glacier Our culture uh-huh. says one year and you should throw away the black and get going. That's not true. With right. the of a child it's not true with suicide. It's not true in many losses. They'll take their own time, but, um, uh, getting support can be very helpful. Um, and, uh, talking about it, the good memories with the person and also even the woulda, coulda, shouldas and what do we do? Um, you, you know, there's so much, so much energy going on that, uh, don't worry about, boy, I'm boring all my friends.
3: Mm-hmm. They
1: do honestly, you know, this is of great service to me just to listen to me. And if, if it's too much, let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you know somebody, you know, in your community, Reaching out um, is very, very treasured, you know, not just, oh, tell me if I can do something, but say, hey, would you like to go to a movie or here's a casserole or let's go for a walk in the woods or can I do your laundry this week? Because after this kind of death, uh, just making your bed, Mm -hmm. uh, let alone taking care of your child or whatever is going on, can be like climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. And, uh, so, somebody coming in and saying, you know, I brought you a pizza is a, is an act of kindness.
2: Mm-hmm. huh. Hmm. Yes. Well, you know, some people say you never get over that death, but you never forget it. Maybe is what they're meaning. Yeah. Not that you don't get over it. You would hope that the pain would subside a bit, but for some people, it doesn't.
1: Well, I, I think um, time really helps, and and pain does subside. Um, you know, maybe after the first month, I wasn't crying every day or whatever it would be.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the the things that can get, keep you trapped longer in the pain would be to blame yourself, or blame the person, or blame the doctor, you know, if somebody dies in the hospital, any mm-hmm. of that victim, righteousness stuff, anger, it, it, there's a place for that, you know, I've gotten very angry at my brother for leaving, but if you dwell in there, it's it's hard harder to move on, at some point you have to be willing to let go of the loved one, even if it means forgetting them, if you will, you won't forget them, but it'll feel like I just, I got to let go.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and uh, and then there's just another wave of loss. Uh, so the paradox is if you let go like the butterfly out of your hand,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, they will come back in blessing ways. You know, they'll show up somehow. And <sighs> your memories, the positive memories will come back in if you can let mm-hmm. go of the anger and the victim and all of that stuff. And I could have done differently.
2: Yeah. Which CD do you recommend for the victim and the anger of oh, your seven?
1: This this, uh, this Ocean Heart is a great place to start. There is one called Healing Heart um, as well that uh, has a strong signals and this neuropsychology for healing of self and then for others.
3: Mm-hmm. There is
1: one I have called Partners, designed for any important relationship with your parents, even if they passed on, with kids, with bosses, with spouses who may be divorced now, uh, to really see them in their highest and finest and change things like unplug your energy and let go and form new contracts if you need to. Um, mm-hmm. So many of those are about letting go. The Liquid Luck CD and Abundance CD's are designed uh, more for the focus on creating the good life. If you have some grief work to do, I would do the grief work first. I do have a home study course. It's very extensive with individual coaching and many, many exercises in it that has expert exercises to let go of grief, loss, feelings of lack, fears, mm-hmm. all of those. That's called SYNC, S-Y-N-C, creation. Um, but these, Single CDs will give you a taste of that. And Mm -hmm. and if you really want to go deep into a lifelong yoga of creating more and more from the heart, greater and greater energy each year, the the home study course is something to take a look at. It's on the same website we're mentioning, heavenisforhealing.com.
2: They're all on heavenisforhealing on that
1: website? Yeah, you go to there, heavenisforhealing.com will be the landing page, and then across the top you'll see the Vegas adventure workshops and the home study course and products for the other CDs.
2: Yeah. You, but uh, so you don't sell the CDs the as a package. You sell them individually so people can buy what they feel they need. Yes. And there
1: are some specials like all oh, three heart CDs together you'd save a little bit or the mm-hmm. liquid luck book and CD together you'd save a little bit, but
3: right.
1: they're they're, you know, the CDs are under 20 bucks. It's designed to get you going, you know, with not much outlay.
2: Yeah. Um, what have been some of your um, takeaways from the book? I mean, what meh, what's the biggest joy for you that you realized your book was offering to its readers?
1: Writing the book, um, the being in touch with how much compassion there is and how much intelligent loving there is and how much care for us there is on the other side was quite huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think we all commit suicide a little bit by not living up to our full potential out of fear. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, in fifth grade, the teacher said, you're not coloring in the lines, you'll never be an artist, and you shut down your creativity in the art field. In a way, that part of you is is dying, you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a wisdom of seeing maybe how we could live more fully here with less worry about having to be perfect. Mm
3: -hmm. We're not
1: going to be judged over there. uh, That every experience we have will be treasured. We've all had the experience of thinking something really sucked here and 10 years later going, that was a good thing that I got fired you know? Mm-hmm.
3: yeah.
1: Uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, but even in a larger perspective where we can have this trust so we can be more playful and, and relaxed here to get the maximum benefit out of this beautiful planet and do the maximum good for the maximum amount of people where we fully express ourselves. The book helped me see that, I guess, uh, and I'm getting feedback from readership that uh, that's kind of blowing people away and allowing them to live in a much more expanded way now regardless of whether there's been suicide in their life or not
2: mm-hmm. and so that's that's uh i'm real happy about that yeah that was a surprise wasn't it yeah to, to know that it could be so far reaching and affect so many yeah. different situations that's got to make yeah. you feel good for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm blessed with uh, you know being able to live a, a very high creative life. I love starting new projects and doing things that, on the surface, sound crazy, like going to Vegas to do a spiritual workshop. <laughs> but uh, that's what makes life interesting. If you express only what you could express, you know. Yeah. Uh, you have yeah. your radio show and many other things in your life. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can you know do that if you're a mom or have a. Fifty-hour-week job or whatever it is, there's uh, there's tons of ways to creatively bless the world with your energy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, I was rather surprised when they push when I my life took this direction, but I love it. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I also um, you you speak about your workshops on your website as well, um, yeah. and I think people need to know about that and go. Your website, which is www.heavenisforhealing.com, and explore what Dr. Joe offers. Um, It's just magnificent the growth that we can have, the uh, freeing ourselves from those limiting beliefs that we have uh, carried most of our lives uh, simply because something simple was said to us and re- totally reshaped our lives and we need to free ourselves from those burdens and I think Dr. Joe has some really good programs for you. I love the immediate feedback of the Vegas Adventure um, I really do like that plus the book is not only healing for those that have not experienced suicide but those that have And we all have questions about death and the other side. And it gives us great comfort to um, read what Dr. Joe has shared in his book. So I thank you very much, Dr. Joe, for being my guest today, sharing with my audience. My pleasure, Joy. Yeah. I hope
1: today's conversation helps a lot of folks. And uh, I send you my, my love and energy for having me on. I really appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, Dr. Joe wanted me to remind you of the National Suicide Hotline. If anybody is needing that number today, it's 800-273-8255. Call that number and get immediate support. So I am nearing the end of this show, and I found the show to be very rich and very full of answers. I hope that you found this too. There's so much out there that we don't know, and it's opening our hearts and receiving that energy, belief, whatever it is we want to call it, that gives us the peace to go forward. Just getting those CDs could offer you growth, and those can be gotten on Dr. Joe's website, www heavenisforhealing.com. Now, as you go through this week, we have lots of opportunities for growth. We have lots of opportunities to reach outside ourselves and extend the love that's within each one of you. I hope you will think of that and think of the knowledge that you've learned here today. It's all about the transitions and how easily we make those and with how much we express and welcome our fellow human being. I thank you for being here today. It's been a joy to share Dr. Joe Gallenberger with you and to share my time as well. So thank you for being here. Have a great week.